Scouting out of the blue corner. He gives you your football meat and potatoes style and is the undisputed king of detailed player analysis. Ladies and gentlemen, I give you Steve the Scout. Hey guys, this is Steve the Scout. I am the voice of the Pro Football Scouting Podcast. It is Black Friday, November 23rd. Hopefully you guys enjoyed Thanksgiving, spending time with your family, watching football, maybe even using football as a way to ignore your family. But uh, I'm I'm here with you today and uh, ex- excited to be with you. Uh, this show is brought to you by pigskinnut.com, which will be up and running in, in about a week. Pigskin Nut is for those who are crazy about football. We have coverage for every single NFL team, every college football conference with with NFL and pro NFL and college player scouting reports, uh, as well as fantasy news. So, a uh, special shout out to uh, Shane Heckler, Josh Davis, and Levi Perillo for giving me their takes uh, as ter- in terms of what we saw yesterday. Things we can things we can learn, uh, and I'm also going to be giving my analysis uh, as well. So uh, I'm really trying to get away from being the end-all, be-all and having to know everything about every game, although I will continue to do so. Um, I really want to make the focus of this show, to st- or, or really of these pre-game and post-game shows, to start to highlight the other writers you know, that we have here. So uh, I appreciate you guys. Um, let's, let's talk about what these guys saw yesterday and really what I saw yesterday as well. Um, starting off with the New Orleans Saints, uh, Shane Heckler actually covers the Saints for us. Uh, one thing that, that Shane has pointed to is that one differentiator that the Saints will have down the line is going to be is going to be their defense. Uh, Shane alluded to that Cameron Jordan, uh, he's going to beat almost anyone you put put him against, and that is absolutely true. Cameron Jordan was dominant yesterday, um, but what Shane thinks is really going to help is is that teams are going to need extra help, uh, you know, to go against Marcus Davenport to deal with Sheldon Rankins. Uh, you also have Alex Anzalone coming on strong. Uh, P.J. Williams, uh, as Shane pointed to, has really stepped up. And Marshawn Lattimore, although Calvin Ridley, you know, he he had his stats last night. When you saw Marshawn Lattimore, he did he did a good job with his one-on-one matchups against him, uh, you know, when, you're, when we were watching that yesterday. Uh, Saints, uh, also Levi Perillo commenting on that. Levi Perillo says the Saints are the team to beat. He thinks they're going to finish the season 14-2, and and they really should be the representative for the NFC in the Super Bowl um, because they have a high-powered offense matched with with an up with an up and coming defense, so definitely agree, definitely agree on that. Um, Saints yesterday. I mean, looking at the game, the Saints and the Falcons. The Falcons, you got to play. They had to play perfect football um, if if they if they're going to win that game because Drew Brees he's playing perfect football. This this offense is working so well right now. As Shane alluded to, their defense is starting to come up strong. Uh, they they have guys that can rush the passer. They have guys that can stop the run. They can get penetration in the middle, and and they have defensive backs that are playing well. P.J. Williams, Marshawn Lattimore, and oh, by the way, Eli Apple has played better for the Saints than he has with the Giants when you just compare that recent recent stretch. Um, looking, look, looking, looking at the Falcons, I thought the Falcons lost, lost, lost due to turnovers, 
And really, again, you know, you got to play mistake-free, mistake-free football if you're going to if you're going to beat Drew Brees right now. It also didn't help, but I thought the Falcons' offensive line didn't do a good job. But also, you, you can give some credit, as Shane mentioned, uh, to, to the to the to the Saint to the Saints' defense there. Another common thing that we're noticing with the Atlanta Falcons, something else um, that Shane pointed out, that like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, they had they had they get a lot they get a lot of they get a lot of offense yardage-wise. But they they have they have a tough time finishing drives, and one of the themes for the Falcons this year has been um, why have they struggled to get Julio Jones into the end zone to score touchdowns? Yet he's leading the NFL in in, in receiving yards. So wanted to read Josh's Josh's take on that because you know it's definitely a good one. And really, you know why is it why is it that 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 Julio Jones is getting all these yards, but he's not closing out teams in the red zone and. And Josh thinks that it comes from these things. Number one is that in the in the red zone, Matt Matt Ryan Matt Ryan stares him down hard. Also, Julio, um, as Josh was saying, you know he struggled this year on a lot of short out routes. Uh, that's that that that's been hurting him in the hurting him in the red zone. Uh, you know he's been doubled a lot. Matt Ryan stares him down. Um, so so this, so this is this has been um, look Julio Julio. You could say he's the best wide receiver in the NFL. But you know he's had he's he's had some issues with these short intermediate routes, um, and I think again you know Matt you know as Josh saying Matt Ryan staring him down you know that that definitely definitely d- doesn't help as well. Um, but but I I think that's that's been the thing for, for the Falcons is that uh, with with Deion Jones out um, th- their linebackers are, are a liability in coverage. Uh, they, they they get picked apart in the passing game. They don't they don't have a pass rush and they and they can't they can't close out drives because when they do. They're oftentimes predictable. Cowboys and Redskins. So, uh, Cow- Cow- Cowboys won this one yesterday, and it's starting to look like that that Amari Cooper. Because uh, a lot of people were critical that you know why why would the Cowboys trade a first round pick for Amari Cooper with the production that he's given you recently? But so far, I mean, it's starting it's starting to look like a re- a really good deal for them. Amari Cooper, his big plays were the difference yes were the difference yesterday. But also, let's not get it twisted. Just going back and looking at that tape, Washington secondary didn't didn't look very good either, um, which made it easier for them to take advantage of those of those matchups. Dallas. As I said before, as I said before the year started, I thought they'd be a top ten defense this year. Right now, they're fourth in the league in terms of terms of points allowed per game. And again, what I think, what I thought was going to make them a good defense was that in their front seven, they're stacked. They, they got they they got they they got solid help on the interior part of the defensive line. They have an edge rusher in Demarcus Lawrence. Uh, Randy Gregory, when he when he's on the field, he dominates some battles sometimes, but. Um, they drafted Leighton Vander Esch out, out of Boise State. When I saw Leighton in college, one of the thing, the thing that impressed me most was his range all over the field. I had a feeling he was going to rack up a lot of tackles for Dallas, and he has. He's been great in Sean Lee's absence. Oh, oh and by the way, Jalen Smith. You know, pe- people forget that Jalen Smith was was one of the most highly touted uh, linebackers that we've had. Uh, when you want to talk about an all around complete linebacker. He's one of the most highly touted ones that's really come out in the in the last in the last several years. Missed his first year with a knee injury. Now he's come on and played good football for them. Byron Jones has been one of the best cornerbacks uh, in in the in the NFL this year. So to me, it's not a surprise that Dallas's defense uh, has been good. Of course, you have Ezekiel Elliott to help grind things out in the running game, uh, take take the pressure off of Dak Prescott. But really, Amari Cooper has made has made has made a big difference for them. 
So uh, one thing I want to go into quickly with Amari Cooper, just another take from one of our writers, Josh Davis, who I was just speaking on, is uh, I asked Josh, you know, why do you think that Amari Cooper is playing better in Dallas than he was with Oakland? Here's what he had to say. And just reading from exactly what Josh had to say, he's, he said that, I think a change in scenery has been good has been good for Amari Cooper. Um, he needed he needed to prove himself again. Um, we can't forget that Cooper did have Pro Bowl production in his first two seasons. Um, the um, you know the Raiders they've had, they've had injuries injuries at running back, um, and, and really they, they just have not been a, a good team all around. Um, he think he thinks that really the trade woke up Amari Cooper in a bit. Um, the whole team's been struggling. In o- whole team has been struggling in Oakland, and that really can affect the psyche of everyone in that locker room. Um, you know, he f- he feels that he hasn't played much differently this season for either team, but he feels that the difference is Dallas has a high end running game uh, and, a, and a much better offensive line than Oakland, and I and I and he doesn't think that uh, Amari Cooper is feeling the same amount of pressure um, since they're alive in the division. Uh, he's having more time to run his routes. Um, and, and so far when you look at matchups, he hasn't been going against, you know, the best secondary this year in terms of cornerback matchups, but the true test for Amari Cooper is going to be when he goes against some, some of these, some of these better cornerbacks where they're shadowing him all game. We'll see what he does as as things, as things go on. But at this point, it certainly looks like Dallas made a good move in that trade. I thought yesterday, one of the things that Dallas did really well is, is they, they shut, they shut, they shut down Adrian Peterson. Um, right now, with Alex Smith injured, if you shut down Adrian Peterson, you make you make this team very very easy to beat. Um, they're Washington's offensive line; they've had injuries this year. Trent Williams came back last night. I, th- I thought he did a good job, but still, um, you're missing Brandon Sheriff. You're missing other pieces. Uh, the Redskins missed some key blocks last night. I saw Morgan Moses miss a very key block. So just fundamentally, the Cowboy, the Cowboys were the better team last night. And Levi Perillo, um, he th- he th- he thinks he thinks that the Cowboys are going are going to come away with this, come away with this division because he mentioned that the Eagles are the same team. Um, you know, they're 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 not the same team that we saw last year. The New York Giants are the New York Giants, despite winning two games. Their record, their record is still their record, and Washington is falling apart. Dallas is starting to win games, so definitely agree with Levi on that. Uh, and and Le- Levi also thinks that the Saints really are the team to beat in the in the NFC, which definitely got to agree with because they have they they're complete. They got they got a running game. They have they have a top tier quarterback. They they have a number one receiver. Uh, they they have secondary receivers um, that are that are helping. On defense, they they can they can rush you from the outside. They can penetrate from the inside. They have runs. They they have a run stopper at linebacker, and their secondary is playing well. And although Levi, like a lot of us, are big on the New Orleans Saints, he says you cannot count the Chicago Bears, and agreed with that. The the Chicago Bears, they have a lot of things going for them. Number one, Mitch Trubisky. I said it last year. Screw the stats. Watch the tape. He sh- he showed you a lot last year. And Matt Nagy's offense, he's really been coming on strong. Had some accuracy issues at times times this year. I saw him play some games where I really thought I really questioned his accuracy. But looking at his tape last year and in college, that really that really wasn't an issue. And Matt Nagy's offense, it's humming. Look, Chicago, the Chicago's got running backs. The receivers are playing well, and they got they 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 got a hell of a defense right now. Uh, Khalil Mack, if Khalil Mack had been healthy the whole year, the the Bears might only have one or two losses, if that. Um, you look at what else they have. They have Roquan Smith coming on strong. Uh, yesterday's game, uh, Eddie Jackson made a 
big was a big difference maker. Uh, he intercepted Matthew Stafford for a pick six touchdown. I thought in that play it was a bad play by Stafford, but also a good play by Jackson. Stafford re- really should really should have seen him coming up to cut that route. Uh, Stafford threw another pick, and there's some other ones, uh, other passes that really could have been intercepted as well. So look, this is why Matthew Stafford is not an elite quarterback. He's got he's got one of the best throwing arms in the, in the NFL, uh, but you know his his issue his issue has has been reading defenses for for, for a lot of his career. Um, bright spot for Detroit is you know they they got a run game going yesterday with Legarrette Blount, um, and yes, Carryon Johnson when he's been when he's been in there he's played well this year. It was also nice to see Ezekiel Lanza get to the quarterback yesterday, but you got to give a lot of credit to Matt Nagy. Um, like like Kyle Shanahan, the coach of the 49ers, he's he's able to get he's able to get more out of his backup quarterbacks than I than I think other coaches are able to. Yeah, the 49ers haven't haven't won a whole haven't won a whole lot of games this year, but if you look at C.J. Beathard and Nick Mullins, you got to know that they are playing better. Because I think largely because of, because of Kyle Shanahan. So a um, lot lot of credit def, definitely definitely goes to the coach this year um, to the coach on that one. But the Chicago Bears, I mean, they are they are a lethal team. They they have they have everything, and I think Khalil Mack could easily be in that conversation for Defensive Player of the Year had, had he had he not. Uh, missed some time with injury, and also um, had he not been playing with an injury and playing at 100%, because when he's been in there, he's been about the only guy that's been as disruptive as Aaron Donald. All in all, a good, a good, a good day of action yesterday. Tur- turno- turnovers were a big thing in, v- in virtually every game, and uh, just kind of, kind of going back to, to some to some of these takeaways. The Detroit Lions are, are pedestrian; they really just don't have a a very good roster yet. Kenny Galladay, you know, is um, has been playing well. Ezekiel Ansah came on to rush. Um, but look, they, they just they just don't have a very a very good and deep roster uh, in any event. So um, that's that's Detroit for you. It's really it's really been the story. Again, Chicago they're coming on strong. New Orleans we we know we know who they are, and the Atlanta Falcons might be destined to be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers um, because Tampa Bay, um, like the Falcons, are having trouble closing out drives. This is Steve the Scout with the Pro Football Scouting Podcast. I will be back with you. Later tonight, uh, if you want to tune in, I'm going to be releasing a preview of all the weekend's games. Uh, it's going to be coming out tonight at midnight, and that's midnight Pacific time. So uh, I am on the West Coast. I appreciate you guys. I'll talk to you soon. Join me back for tonight or tomorrow morning where I preview all of the weekend's action. Steve the Scout with the Pro Football Scouting Podcast. Thanking the Pigskin Nut Riders. Signing off out of the building. You guys have a good day.